The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. At the opening of every live event, I, your host, Metanoia, run through the general show intro, describing the format of the event and how our attendees participate. Then, as the dutiful tribute that I always am, I begin the night with a story of my own. During the March event, I went into the Wayback Machine to talk about how not to kink and how I didn't end up in a serial killer's burial site. Take a listen. So this story, telling, deciding to tell this story, I, I was reading on Reddit. I spent a whole lot of time on Reddit, um, way more time than I should admit to probably. But I was reading on Reddit in one of the dating forums and I came across something where they were talking about the fun hierarchy or something. I don't know. Has anybody heard of this? There's like fun one, fun two, and fun three. No? I had never heard of this before. So I guess fun one, a fun one experience is when you're having fun and you're having fun in the moment. And you, you have fun in the moment, you look back and you're like, yeah, I had fun in that moment. Fun two is when you think you're going to have fun, but it's actually really miserable when you're doing it. But then you look back and you're like, you romanticize it or whatever, and you're like, oh, that was so fun, but you were actually really miserable and the, you know, the whole time. And then fun three is when you have a really fun experience, and then you look back and you cringe, and you wonder how you didn't end up in a body bag or something like that. <laughs> um, so there's these different types of fun experiences. I've had lots of all of them, but in my 20s, I had a lot of fun three. A lot of fun for um, I honestly, you know, I've told a lot of those stories on the stage, and I've actually told this story, but I'm going to tell it again. But, you know, when I go back and I think about these, story, these, these experiences that I've had, these fun three experiences, I do wonder how it is that I've made it as far as I have without ending up, like, in a forest somewhere dead <laughs> in some serial killer's burial ground or something. I mean... Let's, let's be honest here. I love serial killers. I kind of would love to end up in a serial killer's burial ground, but that's not the um, <laughs> Notes taken. Okay. We're here. Not tonight. <laughs> um, so this particular story took place, uh, this was when I was living in Denver, Colorado. And um, I, there was this bar that was in my neighborhood that I really liked to go to. It was kind of new and it had a little hip feel to it, and I was very excited about it. I went a few times, um, and as was common with me back then, as I would oftentimes go to the bar, I was in the service industry, not at that time, but I had been, and I've been did since. But I would go to the bar and sit at the bar and you know chat with the bartender and you know get friendly with the bartender. Of course, if it was a guy bartender, I'd get very friendly and flirt a lot. So. On this particular evening, that's exactly what happened. I went to this bar, this cute guy that was bartending, got real flirty, got nice and drunk, um, and told him, you know, decided to uh, invite him back to my place after he closed up. I only lived a few blocks away, so I was like, when you're finished closing up, why don't you come on over to my house? 
Really smart, gave him my address, perfect. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he did that and I went home and continued to drink and he came over about an hour later. And um, uh, at the time, I, I, was, I was kinky, but I didn't realize what that meant or that there was a whole community of kink out there and stuff. So I was just trying to uh, force my kink onto you know, people all the time, men that weren't suspecting, unsuspecting men, poor men, poor men, I know, right? Um, but uh, one thing I've found since is that you know, oftentimes you don't really get what you want or what you're looking for, the kind of experience that you're looking for when you do that. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's okay. Um, they might not even be into it. It's really, yeah, it was bad. But anyway, I, uh, I had this, at the time, I had this fantasy that I wanted to submit to a man, give him, give him head, um, perform a blowjob, and completely submit. And so I, I was going to do that that night. Um, he had no idea, of course, but that's what was going to happen. So he comes over. And uh, I'm like, come into my bedroom. I know that's very submissive. I'm like, come here. Um, get in here. I'm going to submit. Um, so no, but I'm like, come in the bedroom. And I immediately drop down to my knees. I've got some sexy gear on. He smells like a bar. It's fine. I got some sexy gear on. I drop to my knees. And I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to submit to you. And he's like, oh, OK. And I was like, what should I call you? And he's like, uh, I don't know, Dave? I, I don't remember his name, honestly. He's like, uh, I was like, no. I was like, what should I call you? You have, to, you have to have a name. And so he's like, oh. And I mean, I don't know, potentially terror flashing through his eyes that he doesn't know, the spotlight's on him. I don't actually know. I'm really far away um, from him. But he comes up with, fairly quickly, a name. He's like, fine. I want you to call me Captain Python. I'm like, okay, this is going off script in my head. I, this is not what I was anticipating. Okay, but Captain Python it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I honestly, the, the nights continued about like one would expect. Um, you know, I was pretty sloppy drunk, so I gave a sloppy drunk blowjob. He did fuck my face a whole lot. There was a lot of drool involved, which was great. I didn't throw up on him, which was fantastic. I managed to remember Captain Python uh, while I spoke to him. And uh, yeah, that is, I think I think I've learned since that obviously it's much better if you have a, a consenting partner to uh, follow you along the kink trail. Um, so I've had much better experiences since then, but you know I didn't end up in a body bag or in a serial killer's burial ground. So I guess that's a plus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> up next, Shay goes camping. With a twist, of course. Hello, everyone. Hello. So this is the story of a time I 
almost set someone on fire accidentally. <laughs> but also, it's really not about that at all. Um, so I was at summer camp in Maryland uh, over Labor Day weekend last year, and it was like my birthday retreat. It was super exciting. Uh, first, like big kink thing I had gotten to go to. Oh, dark Odyssey. Yes. Um, so I had a ton of fun. I was there primarily with one of my partners and their like long time uh, best friend and also like comet partner. And I did not know that she was so hot. <laughs> I, knew she, I knew she was cute. Um, and then we got to summer camp and I saw a lot of things and we ended up playing a whole lot. But one night we went down to the primals pit and I think it was the first night we had gone down. We're all excited, we're walking along the way and I just so happened to trip on this big hill because it's been raining and I say, ah, oh, fuck me. And she looks at me and she goes, yeah? <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, like for realsies? <laughs> So uh, we end up negotiating like on our way down, just as a you know hypothetical, oh yeah, at some point we want to fuck. I'm, I'm so excited about this, this is good. But I'm, I'm not thinking that that is like upcoming, I'm not, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was gonna happen that night. We get down to the primal pit and everybody's hanging out, having a good time, uh, energy's great. And we, we do kind of like look around and there's not a lot going on. And I look over and I see that look, that look that says, I, I want to play. And so she goes, no one's, I know we're not actually doing the primal chase that they have set up as like an event thing because it conflicts with other things, very full schedule. But how about, how about we take this opportunity in this space and we have a little chase tonight? I'm like, all right. And then she started counting, and I realized that that was my cue to be somewhere else. <laughs> um, and so for a good while, there was like stalking happening. Nobody else is doing any of this. They're dancing around the fire, um, paying us no mind whatsoever. So we're all, you know, being all slinky in the shadows and all of that, and I'm being chased. Um, and then at some point I realized that there is just field between her and me and it is time to run. I start running and I realize that very quickly I am going to be at the tree line and there is no more place to run. <laughs> so I take a hard left um, and then another hard left because I did not plan my route well at all. <laughs> Pro tip for next time, think ahead. Um, and I round around this little like hut thing they have set up, and that is the moment that I almost set somebody on fire because I kicked one of the torches and the tops of it went flying. <laughs> but I did mention that it's been raining a lot, so <laughs> luckily I, I missed a lovely lady by about that much, um, and it landed in the very wet grass and went out. I was then tended to by some nurses, kind of disrupting the proceedings very briefly, uh, I promised I was fine and would get checked out tomorrow again, um, which I did. I had a nasty bruise on my foot, but uh, totally worth it because then um, I'm asked if, you know, you good to go, you want to stop, what, where are you at? And I'm like, no, I want to keep going. I, de I definitely want to keep going. Um, 
but I, I was definitely a, a little bit hobbling at that point. I was giving it my best effort, uh, but I was very quickly caught again, pushed down into the grass and mud, and fucked there in the shadows. Like, you know all those dark fans, like dark fantasies that you have when you're a teenager and it's just like super sexy and there's like mist and it's, there's (laughs) ambiance. It was that. Um, and, And then, and then we were done and I was laying there and it was cold and I just kind of had to pick myself back up and come back into a reality in which I was like a, a human being and a person. And um, I was walked back to my tent and then on the way back to the tent we detoured immediately towards another play area. Um, and then I had an electro scene in which I felt like I was being sawed in half. Um, very different mood, really fun. <laughs> I, you know, there, there's the like, I had done, I've done electro before but it wasn't like very fear play based, but then she was like, let's try out this new implement I've got. It's this long rod, and then it's wrapped in a swirly pattern. And what if I just do like this? And I'm like, oh, it does feel like you're sawing off my leg, actually. <laughs> um, but I guess that's fun, too. That was a new one. Lots of fun. Good electro. Um, and then we went back to my tent, and we fucked some more. <laughs> in this final story... Sparky describes her life's soundtrack and ever-evolving plot developments. Welcome, Sparky, everyone. Yeah. Hello. 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 Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. It's so good to see everybody. So, um, if you've heard me speak before. Um, then you know, and if you haven't, then I'll tell you. Um, I am a very horny person. Uh, and I want to let you know that it's always been that way. There wasn't some, like, catalyzing event. It was just as far back as I can remember. Um, but I will tell you that there was a period of time where... Uh, Enrique Iglesias played a very big role uh, in that And it was because of the song Hero, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And so I was a young girl, and I heard Hero, and I was like, "Ah, yes, you can be my hero. And just imagining a dramatic love in the rain you know, and he would protect me from whatever danger there was to protect me from, and then he would appreciate me and my training bra, <laughs> and any, any frustrations I had, he would take care of, like how my mom wouldn't let me hem my school skirt above my knee, um, and so... I have from that time on been a very earnest fan of the song Hero by Enrique Iglesias. There's nothing ironic about it. There's nothing humorous about it. I am just like, it makes me horny. (laughs) 
So, so flash forward like 20 years and I am shacked up with a man. We can call him Biscuit. And because of course, you gotta risk it for the Biscuit. And so, you know, it's, it's my, my first very serious relationship, my first true love. I want to tell you that I'm still with him. My true, my current true love. <laughs> um, but it was sort of my first time experiencing domesticity with a partner. Because previous to Biscuit, and I still am a slut, but I was more of like, <laughs> I was like a free-range slut, and <laughs> now I'm like, I've chosen a major, I'm a focused slut. <laughs> so, so this is my first foray into domesticity, and we had planned for it, but the beginning of the pandemic fell around the same time that my lease on my apartment was up, and we shacked up. So, I'll say this was last year, and I was just doing some laundry, I clean the sheets, and I had Spotify playing, and uh, Song Hero came on. And I got a little bit like into soft focus. <laughs> and then I realized that the big task that I had in front of me was putting the king size duet into the king size duet cover. You know, when I was by myself and it was a queen size, I could stand on top of the bed and shake the cover down the duvet. But I can't, I, my, my arms simply are not long enough. I cannot do that with a king. I need help. So, so in comes Biscuit. He's taller than me. He has longer arms. All the things you need. <laughs> and... And he also has a different way of thinking than I do. So his solution is that he will go in, he will take the two covers of the duvet, and I will hold up the duvet cover, and he will go into the duvet cover with his whole body <laughs> until, until his hands meet my hands. So this is happening. And Enrique Iglesias is swelling behind me. And at a certain point, he gets lost in the duvet cover. And it's the final chorus where Enrique Iglesias like modulates. He like pitches it up a little bit. And it goes out really long and dramatic. And he's like, I can be your hero. And there's the love of my life in the middle, lost in the duvet cover. <laughs> And I was like, this is not the horniness I had pictured 20 years ago. But somehow it's working for me. <laughs> and so our hands found each other through the sheet. We placed the duvet corners in the duvet cover corners and pulled it all out. And then I realized that, like, my horniness has, like, evolved, like Pokemon style, <laughs> into like, I want a dangerous man who will save me from danger and then will fuck on the hood of a car in the rain, which I can still do, but 
it has evolved into there is a man I love lost inside of a duvet cover, but we can laugh about it together, and it's the most wonderful thing. So now I'm like horny for domestic love. <laughs> you button up the duvet cover, and then I tuck him down. <laughs> This episode of Foreplay Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator, Metanoia. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Come check out our next live event on April 19th. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us at Foreplay GS on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and FetLife.